Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Um, we are embarking on the AFC and NFC championship uh, weekend where we'll see who goes to the Super Bowl. Frankly, I don't care as long as it's not Kansas City. Oh, uh, sour grapes. Yep. Didn't go no, never mind. Um, we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Ross. Well, you know, we haven't seen <laughs> excuse me, the, the Super Bowl commercials yet. Probably in a week I'll get a preview on Sportsology. Like I'll get a link and I can look at them all. But I already saw one. Like I was gonna talk about sports, but this thing has gone beyond sports. It's it's a commercial for eHarmony and and it says get someone like who knows you, something like that. And it shows a girl popping a back zit off a guy. Ah. And I'm like, like, you know, maybe after 10 years of marriage, you get to that point. I'm not sure if Harmony finds you that person, though, because I'm pretty sure if you put that in your profile, you may need to pop a zit on my back. Nobody's going to do that. I could see it could have been that or it could have been, you know, if you be willing to hold someone's uh, someone's vomit cup if they were uh, if they got sick on a cruise ship. But I would rather hold the vomit cup than pop a zit off someone's back. Hmm. Some people are into that, though. It looked pretty big. I mean, it looked pretty big. That, yeah, that's, well, that's pretty yeah. gross. I'm sorry. Um, now, yeah. uh, it's going to go great while you're trying to dip your wings in, uh, in, in ranch or in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Got got oh no 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 that's that's a cardinal sin it's blue cheese. Um, <laughs> now I, I I will say this because you do see some of the commercials sort of sneaking in like okay I know that they'll probably have a whole battery of commercials different ones but yeah. you, like Liberty Mutual ones were the you know uh, the emu the um, Liberty Liberty. Liberty, Liberty, right? They had they have the competing guys like the one who had Limu the emu, yes, and now the other guy who can't say a word correctly. They're sort of vying for like who's going to be the spoke. You you know that there's going to be like two or three commercials like that, and also uh, Geico has brought back the caveman. So you know they're 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 and of they, course you have um and, and of course and of course. FanDuel's doing, you know, bringing back Gronk again for another field goal kick, and now they've got John okay. Cena as the uh, as the mustache twirling villain in the in that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, that, that's true. And I did get a I did get an email um, for a clip, and you've seen it once with like at Bet MGM with Vince Vaughn kind of pushing Tom Brady out of the uh, yeah. camera angle. So you just see him. So those, that's true. That's probably a Super Bowl <laughs> couple of commercials, too. Now, yeah. um, now, you, as you know, we always will have a movie preview or two, um, you know, during the during the Super Bowl. And usually it's something something big, you know, like a Mission Impossible or, you know, because they're the second that's Mission Impossible. Big. I don't know if that's big anymore, but go ahead. It's not, it may not be big anymore, <laughs> but I'm saying that, you know, but that, that one's coming up. But – 
I have a feeling we're going to see this one, and I already saw the preview for it. And okay, um, they're redoing Roadhouse. Yeah, right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now, now, okay. Here's here's the thing. Jake Gyllenhaal is the Patrick yep. Swayze character. Okay, so that's you know that I don't know. I mean, I like Jake Gyllenhaal, but again, we're we're going down territory that I wish we weren't going down because it's like, I mean, th- this makes me feel old because it's a movie that came out when I was working at the movie theaters. And I realized that was 30 years ago, but still um, <laughs> it's, it's directed. It's directed by uh, the, the Doug, Doug Lyman who directed Mr. And Mrs. Smith with the, they're also may remaking by the way. Yeah, I saw um, that. Series. That, that one's a, that one's a series. As a series, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, he did uh, one of the he did the first Born movie, um, but the main villain, and and first of all, they changed it. He's not a bouncer. He's a former UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they're using they're using. I think I'm pretty sure they're using some of the video from. Um, there, there was a UFC movie that that, that um, they 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 recorded basically during one of the recent UFC events. They did Gyllenhaal doing a weigh-in basically during an actual live event with an actual media audience, right? And basically just to kind of get him sort of whatever that whole scene will be. But yeah, there's a lot of UFC cross stuff that seems to be in this film, you know. Which again, now that. UFC and WWE are kind of together, right? Now with UFC, they're part of what Endeavor, yeah. as it's called now, Russ. Yeah. So, but we're going to see more, and more of that. Whereas WWE's had a lot of their wrestlers in movies now. So I'm sure. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, true. I'm pretty sure that it was either a boxing or a, a UFC movie that he did a movie called Southpaw a few years back. Yeah, that um, was a boxing movie. I saw like ten I, seconds. No, you're. It was it was Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking and Gyllenhaal was in it. Other, yeah. and, I'm thinking and Force and Force Whitaker and Rachel another, McAdams. Was, yeah, yeah. And there was but another the, MMA movie. I think that was I forget the name of the one with Tom. Oh Hardy yeah, no, the one Edgerton. Warrior with Tom Hardy. Brothers, and they were brothers. Yeah, that was good. Warrior yeah, was excellent. Yeah, that, was that was really good. Now yeah. the, the the reason I bring this up is because the main villain in this movie is Conor McGregor. And I'm he's like, oh my god, he, he's trying to cross why? over, man. Why are you surprised? Of course. Well, I'm not surprised. Listen, I just he's, he's, he's such a streaming, like you know, just a cock of the walk, you know, phrase, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's basically, you know, he's, he's he, he literally has the mustache to twirl. Yeah, yeah, and he'll be <laughs> and he'll be he'll be swilling proper proper number twelve. Uh, uh, vodka. I'm sure there'll be plenty of those. Or, Absolutely. Or, uh, yeah. No, no whiskey, Irish whiskey. They don't do vodka in Ireland. Come on. No, I meant I meant bur- I meant Irish whiskey. Yeah. Okay. I- okay. All right. Bye. For some reason. Insider call. I was gonna say that's an insider call to Michael. Yes. <laughs> hey, you never know who the sources are. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Might, might have the initials RC. We don't know. <laughs> uh, you never know. Uh, yeah. Ralph Brandon, no, he was a K. K was for, for Ralph Brandon. Yep. That's yes. true. Indeed. Sorry about that. No, uh, um, okay, we'll get started with the show. Uh, 
Hello Hockey World. Today is Friday, January 26th, 2024. I'm just glad to hear that Mike got the day correct. Uh, you know, sometimes certain hosts on this show do get confused by the date. So we're going to say, say, hi, I'm Anthony Mangione. <laughs> Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I don't know who you're talking about, Ant. And I'm Michael Angelo, <laughs> and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Um, okay, we'll start with the uh, the news of the day, and that is the contract of uh, Owen Tippett, uh, an eight-year deal. Now, it's not 100% finalized, but everybody's not reporting yet. it. So, yes. so it, 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 and it's on cap-friendly as a pending transaction. Could very well be announced while we're doing this show. Yes. Right. yes. Uh, it's a eight-year deal uh, at an AAV of $6.2 million. Now, he... Um, Tippett had 27 goals last year, uh, which, you know, might be more than many people thought that he was ever going to get, you know, based on, you know, he'd been with Florida for a couple of years and really hadn't, um, hadn't really taken flight, so to speak. He was part of the Claude Giroux deal, you know, then finished the season with the, with the, uh, with the Flyers. 27 goals in his first full year at the Flyers, and this year he's got 18 goals in 46 games. So he's on a 30-plus goal pace. Uh, Anthony, for you first, then Russ, um, your thoughts on this deal and your surprise at how much or how long? Well, what are your thoughts on the deal? So for me, I, listen, I think there's always been a bit of a push to try to get Tippett signed to a longer-term deal sooner rather than later. Um Term one, I wasn't 100% sure on the fact that the Flyers went full max eight years on it. It was a moderate supply. So I figured the cap, it was going to be potentially in the high fives. Philly ends up going 6.2, which is to me a tad higher than what yeah. I would have expected. Um, but I'm not I'm not surprised at the fact that Philadelphia decided to lock him up long term. I think they're trying to get certain aspects of their roster that they are identifying as long term you know, locked in for, for, for that term. And again, Tippett's been, they know, he knows too, that he's not a finished product yet. The, again, for Philadelphia, I think the word, the word they're looking at this is, is as the cap continues to grow, as we always talk about with any of these long-term deals, that, you know, that the deal will look pretty good for Philadelphia uh, if he continues on a, they're ex, on the expected trajectory, which is that he's going to be in the high 20s, somewhere in the, 30 goal range, you know, 30 goal range consistently. And that's again, what they're hoping for. And again, there's definitely been some positive developments this season for Tippett, you know, beyond just the highlight real goals that he scored in St. Louis and against Dallas. Um, that being said, there's still other, there's still some, some raw elements of his game as well that still need to round into shape, but this gives them sort of time and a, and a fixed number that they obviously were comfortable with. Uh, we'll see what the final uh, conversations will be with regards to what the NMC is. I know there have been some scuttlebutt about years three to six being a partial NMC, which may be the area of give and take here where he doesn't have an extensive list of places he could be moved to if things don't go well. But that was the trade-off for making a little bit more than was expected in the contract. So Philly obviously has identified him as, as a key you know, element of their future and move to sign him to that contract. And again, we're going to see as time goes on. So yeah, in the end, Mike, I would say tad, I didn't expect it to be over six, um, mm -hmm. but it is, but it was, it's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy, a crazy number 
for a goal for a guy who they anticipate being high 20s low 30s and consistently in their top six for the remain you know for as long as they have them well russ like i said to you uh over the phone he was two years away from being ufa because he had a right. two-year two-year bridge coming out of his ELC. So that means they bought six unrestricted years. And for that fact, plus he's only scored over 20 goals once. It was in his first year. So they're, they're rolling the dice here. But I thought it was a little rich. Plus, yeah, it's a little rich. I mean, what Anthony said, I've got no quorum with anything he said. I do think it's a little rich. Uh, they are projecting, and that's fine to do. But, see, my problem is, is the eight years like if I if I'm given the eight years, it's got to be under six. Like I, I wanted it, I wanted it like five eight. If I'm the GM, like if it's under, if I'm given eight years, because that's security now that could be a problem. Year six, like all of a sudden, we do also say, need. To, we also, I will say this, Russ, not to interrupt, but yeah. we do need also oh, okay. what exactly we do need to see what the structure of the deal is too, which right. we don't. Right. We're speculating, at right? This and that's why I'm saying it's yeah. it's not outrageous, but it's going to cause another problem. And so this is like, you've got a number here and now what are you going to do with Travis connected? Cause I would not sign Travis connected to an eight year deal. You sign him to an eight year deal. You're looking at him and Sean Couturier getting old together. And that's, then there could be starting that problem all over again with the team where now you got a couple contracts, you don't know what to do with. So, you know, my feeling was with Connecty, hey, if you wanted to keep him for five years, I'd probably be okay with that. Anything more than that? No, because then you're starting to project with players in their 30s, and that's where this league gets in trouble. Guys are getting faster, and Tippett's certainly fast, so that's good for him. Guys are getting faster. The league's getting faster. There's fewer and fewer players that make it to the age of 35 now in this league. 34, so it does, 34. it does, it does beg the question again, what does happen, you know, in, in terms of what they're going to do with Travis connecting more. I think we all agree on that. Right. Exactly. And well, that's, yeah. Well, okay. Here, here's the situation. And I, and again, I, um, you know, doing show prep with, uh, with Russ here and, and airing my thoughts. Um, I looked at the situation with the Flyers right now, and you, I, obviously everybody knows my opinion that, you know, I think that you're not going to stop a team from having success, but if you're going to have a proper rebuild, you know, you needed to either trade more players out off the roster or not not have John Tortorello, who's going to try to win. But, you know, they 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 kept him around, and I understand why, because they, they were in year two of a four-year contract, I believe. So – but the, the situation here is you really haven't cleaned up the mess that is the Flyers' salary cap situation. Uh, currently, you know, you've got Couturier long-term, and, you know, if he stays healthy, that's great because he's a really good player if he's healthy, but, you know, he's had injury issues. You've got a lot of dead money on the cap. Now that comes out of the coffers of of, uh, of Comcast, you know, if you're talking about, um, uh, you know, um, uh, Ryan Ellis or uh, players who are on LTIR, but the, you know, but you've got dead money in terms of money that's uh, that was retained on the Kevin Hayes deal. Like the, a lot of a lot of stuff that's sort of unsettled cap wise, and you're committing to somebody who's had one good year to an eight year deal. They really haven't cleaned up the mess, Anthony, and that's where I'm a little hesitant about this deal 
the connect need thing. And then a guy like Morgan Frost, if Morgan Frost continues on the pace that he's going right now, and he's got another year left in his contract. I mean, he's a center. What are you going to be paying him? It's going to be a lot. And I think in this circumstance, Mike, they're going to have, there's going to be, there's going to be, I think the other shoe dropping, which is certain players that they're going to be looking to move off as a result of this. I mean, in many ways, it's not unlike in some cases, it's not a completely same situation, but, Flyers just signed somebody to an eight-year deal. Obviously, Toronto Maple Leafs just signed somebody to an eight-year deal. You have to, you have if you if you're if you're committing in one end, you have to also look at potentially shedding in other areas. And I don't think the Flyers and the Flyers, their intention. I mean, the messaging that has come out of them is they while they while they're certainly happy with the develop where the team is sort of developing under John Tortorella. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the messaging is we, quote, unquote, can't fall in love with that. We can't fall in love with, 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 with guys. Right. But it's very obvious they've fallen in love with Owen Tippett. Right. <laughs> you know, otherwise you don't and make this, Steeler, this commitment. But that means somebody. But that means now that the, the, the if you're looking to keep responsible, if you're trying to keep things responsible going forward with the cap, uh, there's going to be guys that are definitely going to probably be getting moved off. You have to consider, I mean, obviously, Drysdale's on the first year of a bridge deal. Right. Uh, if you've acquired him, um, you already committed quite a bit of money, obviously, to Travis Sanheim. You're pretty much committed on that front, and they're not planning on moving those guys. They look at those two as obviously being core to their future. But, yeah, I do think if they have opportunities here to move certain guys off, if they know, again, five-game winning streak followed by a four-game losing streak, you yeah. have to sort of look at the situation and recognize what your team is. You're going to be up. You're going to be down. Some right. of that's obviously a product of, a lot of games in this stretch before the all-star oh, yeah. game. But at the same time, you also have to realize and say, are they going to be able to stay in this race? And if you, if you're, if you're thinking you can move guys off and, you know, move off salary in this case and, are, and have ability to do that. I think that's a direction that they will still probably point towards. Uh, here, as we here, to the here's the one thing I would add to it. Like Anthony said, you can't fall in love with players, but Nick Sealer will be the next one to get a contract. I think we all know that. That's yeah, but coming. in terms of the commitment on a Nick Sealer, no, I it's don't a short term, but it doesn't matter. It's just it's just the idea that they're going to sign him, and they're probably going to sign him during the season. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm but, saying. But I'll just say this: It's like okay, if Nick Sealer, well, what's gets, the return you're going to get for him anyway? Right. Yeah, you're probably going to get a fourth or fifth round pick in a trade, and if you're paying him anything more than a million dollars, then Danny Breer should go back. Well, they're going to pay more than a million, Mike. That's definite. Then Danny Breer should go back to GM school because that's. Well, we'll see, uh, I'm seeing what the number is. The other thing is about Konechny. <clears throat> I would sign him, but not at like if it's seven and a half, I'm not doing it. And the reason well, he's I'm all- not doing it. He okay. He's got another year after this year at five yeah. and a half. So he's up right. after the he's up after the twenty four twenty five season. Yeah, and right now he's yeah. twenty six. So he's only two years older than Tippett. Right. But here's my thinking on this, and this is where I have to think. I can't just worry about Owen Tippett and his money. I have to worry about the next three or four. Right. If I'm the GM, and so my problem is connecting. So. He won't get traded this season, but I gotta talk. I gotta talk with him before the exit interviews and see where they're at. And if he wants over seven, he wants close to seven and a half, and they want five years or more, then I'm trading him at the draft. And I'm doing that. You're probably going to you know you know for a fact now that Owen Tippett's gotten that deal, 
that number is going to be above seven. You know right. that for a fact. So that's my point. So now I do have to, if it's me, I am trading him at the draft because I know my next big number in two years is Morgan Frost. And if Morgan right. Frost starts to show what he's showing now, then. But the Flyers also have to be, uh, but the Flyers also need to be committed. Uh-oh. Uh, I think he was going to say they have to be committed to him, and I get it. Right. He has to show it until, yeah. He, until he has to show it him. again this season, and he's having right. certain, but he, but it's a situation where with him, it, ha, it there's there's no more room for up and down for Morgan. No, it, no, it, I agree. I'm assuming it's all smooth sailing with Frost, and what we're seeing is just like what it's going to be and get better. If that were the case, this is what I'm protecting against is what that number is going to be. Well, you've got three. You've got three guys right now who are. And okay, I'm not saying they're all going to get what what Tippett got, and then we'll get off of this. But yeah. three guys who, after this year, they have one more year, and then they're ARB eligible: Frost, York, and Cates. And at that point, you have to maybe even next summer, this summer, you have to make the decision of whether you're going to commit to those guys or whether you're going to string it out to the fact that you're going to go another bridge deal and let them go to UFA. That's the decision you have to make because, again, you know, you've got Atkinson with another year at almost $6 million after this year. You've got Konechny with another year after this year at, at $5.5 million. You're committed long-term to Sanheim and Ristolainen. I mean, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of work here for Danny Breer to do and a lot of decisions to have that you have to make and you have to navigate that situation. Otherwise, you could be digging yourself another new hole, just like the one you're trying to dig yourself out of right now. So, I mean, it'll it'll be very interesting to see what, what they do. Now, um on the injury front, Russ, um, bad news from the Rangers. Um, when it comes to Phil Pedel, he came back from Europe where he was recuperating. He was practicing with the team, ramping up to what I assume would have been, you know, to play after the all-star break. And he gets dinged in practice, was down on the ice for a long time. And, you know, obviously it sounds like this is a major setback. Yeah, I was taken aback by it because I guess they had an optional skate. And uh, Dan Rosen did a good job of reporting, you know, who was there. And there were a couple other guys, LeCision and someone else. I mean, honestly, I think it was only a week, week and a half ago that yep. we saw it just Heedle on the ice. And I was like, okay, he's on the ice, fine. If he's doing a few twirls and, you know, just to kind of, you know, feel okay, that's great. Um, I don't know why he would be in an optional skate that early on. I certainly didn't think they were going to try and bring him back after the all-star break like i felt like it was on a longer track than that and i felt like he was probably a month away if he'd come back at all this season just because you had to really sort of take it you had to be really careful about it because he went back to his home country for a while if you remember and a lot of times when we see that guys don't even come back that season right so the timing of it is weird and i think we're going to find out more about it probably when we talk to dennis borman on off the post on sunday we'll find out a little more because we'll have a few benefit of a few more days, but but this hurts the Rangers because he's a key guy for them because of the physicality and some goal scoring down the middle. So that's that's now um, not looking great for them. Yeah. Now the other injury, and we don't know the extent of it, but um, Adam Pellick, who had apparently just come back 
off of the IR with a concussion, gets um, elbowed by Brendan Gallagher. And I'm sorry, you know, I know, I, I know that they were talking about this on uh, on, on Jeff Merrick's show um, that Brendan Gallagher he hadn't been suspended, I guess, in the last 18 months, which gives him a clean uh, a clean slate. And now. <laughs> That's the that's the laughable thing about this. I I I you know I know this is negotiated by the PA. You should never have a clean slate. You, should Matt Cook have a clean slate or Rappy Torres or recidivist guys? You know who continually Matt Cook doesn't even have a clean slate with me if I see him on the street. I'm crossing the street. <laughs> but but my point my point is my point is is that you know because it's it, because it was collectively bargained. It, you know, previous bad offenses get flushed. And yeah. we know Brendan Gallagher is a scum bucket. He always has been. We know like Alex Ovechkin is or, or Tom Wilson. Well, okay, what they have done in the past should never get expunged. It never should be. But, you know, you it's know just, I, I feel for guys that have had problems with concussions. And then, you know, the league says, yes, we're trying to do everything we can about head hits, and then these things happen. And so, like, I have a hard time because, you know, some people will be like, well, Russ, this is a this is a physical game and, and guys are going to get hurt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's true. And then I go on this side where it's like, did this have to happen? You know, and, and now oh, if you got a guy who's literally making a beeline, you know, to, 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 hit, to hit a guy, and it's very obvious that this was full – the intention was there. This wasn't some kind of freak accident hit on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was blatant. It was on purpose. And he's going to hide behind the PA, and that's what's bad, too. Well, well mean, the thing is, he's only going to have a phone hearing, Ant. It's, so that uh, means maximum of five games, which is a joke because, um, you know, there was a whole slew of them earlier in the year that were elbowing penalties that, you know, people said, oh, two games. And they ended up being four games. Like Charlie McAvoy was yeah. four games. And it was bad, but it wasn't It wasn't four games bad. Yeah, this, this is six, is, seven, this, eight it, games. It, 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 it should be a judgment call by the league in, in this case where it's it not – if, it if it's very obvious that the player had full intention of injuring the other player and was mm -hmm. going in that way, that's something I think at a certain point, again, I am all for, you know, the players have, you know, the union and defending, you know, players' rights and everything else. But if it's very obvious that one member of the union went out and directly injured another member of the union, you know, hiding behind that really well, as a, just a really I feel like this is where, honestly, this is where, like, you almost need an arbitrator. Because I feel like if you bring an arbitrator up to speed about – what the league is a penalty, what isn't, you tell them, and then let that person, you know. The problem is the league sometimes doesn't even know what it is. I know, I know. But you <laughs> let you that want person. want them to tell the arbitrator? <laughs> and then you let that person kind of sit on it for a night. I would feel better about the result from that independent arbitrator than I do for otherwise. And I, yeah. and that's why I think, like, at some point, for these kinds of hits, it should be that way because it's like, it just, it's, it's a little ridiculous. Like, if it were me, I would love to, you know, kick him out for the year. Not because he's Brendan Gallagher, but because you did it to I that kick him out too. for the year, but at the minimum, that, 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 that penalty should be no less than double digits. No, no, it right. But I'm just saying, games. I'm saying out for the year because you chose that guy. Like, you know that that guy's got issues, and you and you chose that guy. 
Right. There's a lot of other guys on the team. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, one other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I wanted to touch on this because this team's name has come and various players on this team have come up in rumors um, over the last couple weeks. And it got even worse in the last 24 hours because I'm talking about Columbus. Because, okay, first of all, um, we heard Elvis Merzlikens, uh, I think it was last week, there was the report that he had requested a trade. Um, then it was sort of denied, but it, it's clear that you know, it wasn't denied. Yeah. John Davidson decided to get involved and he gave like a quote to kind of like gloss it over. And it's like, it didn't have to be said because it was obvious damage control and we all knew what was up, but we also right. all knew because of the salary, probably nobody wants Merzlikens. And that, and that's what, that's where I was going here. And because, um, you know, good luck with Merce Lickens, who's underachieved the last couple of years, whose yeah. stats have gone down each year, and he's got three more years at $5.4 million. Now, Roslovic's name was mentioned earlier in the year, which is bizarre because he's from Columbus. They, no, they, but they you know what's know. funny? I've spoken to some people who cover Columbus. There's not a lot of love for Jack Roslovic there anymore. There's yeah. Just, but in no. the last the last 24 hours, the names of Patrick Line and Ivan Provorov have come out in that you know they are they are listening to him. And I'm like, okay, uh Yarmo, you got you got your work cut out for you, baby. Because yeah, it, I'm also, sorry. It, it also tells me that room is not is in a bad spot. Yes. And this is, you know, when you have a you know, combination of some of the players that we're talking about there. We've already had past issues in, you know, in rooms. Russ knows who I speak of in oh, this yeah. case. Um, you know, that's the consideration that you make when you acquire certain players. And if, if it's become a much more me kind of kind of room, what I'm doing versus, you know, not, you know, while everybody, you know, and not blaming other people. There's a lot. It just I don't like the mix in Columbus. I just don't. No. There's a lot. Of, I think there's a ton. It just seems to me, and I could be wrong on this. There just seems to be a lot of competing egos in that in that place right now, with some of the well, players that are yeah, there. Warinsky's and I just the leader. And they may they may, like, they may just need, they may just need to have. And I'm not saying Warinsky. I, I think Warinsky can be absolutely a, a big part of what goes forward for them in the future. Right. But well, I just this, there's well, something with, about it in in that room that doesn't seem to be right. Well, Russ, what this is telling me is that they really depended on Babcock being an authoritarian despot. No question. And 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 they but assembled that's, why, look, I mean, but that's why Mike the players pretty much fought that. The players didn't want that. Right. And then they and then Pascal Vincent again we all saw it happen at the beginning of the year with Pascal Vincent. It was, right. you know, like a miniature version of, of Babcock. Right. He tried to play which he's not, and that's the thing. Which he's not. He, You're a brand new coach in the league, and you know he's got. He had a good reputation, certainly coming in. So I mean that that's the thing. That's a, that's the thing, Russ. They I think they they knew that the the group that they had assembled that that you have, that you've assembled that you know the talent individual talent level wise is there, but it's all about. I always say this. It's always about group dynamics. Yes. Yeah. It's always. Yeah, about I would group say dynamics. this. I would say, like Anthony said, Warinsky's there to stay, but eventually it'll become Fantilli's team. 
Uh, I hear good things already about him doing things like a pro and a and almost like a leader. And so I fully and expect that. Have, to and Russ, you almost have to clear things out for him. Yes, because it and becomes a case. Of, yes. It becomes it become it becomes a case of you don't want to poison the waters there right. for him in just his first couple of years. You want to, and, and I think Correct. it's incumbent on Columbus to start with the slate as possible. There he is. Wow. Well, the, the okay. I agree. So, so, of those three players, and here I will just read them. Uh, Provorov's got a year left at four point seven million. Um, so Philadelphia retain, I believe, retains some in that in that deal. Yeah, they, they, do. they do. They do. Yep, they do. Uh, Merzlikens has three more years at five point four, and Line and Line A has two more years at eight point seven. Untouchable. I think Provorov is the easiest to move because he's a defense, oh, yeah. and it's the and it's the lowest amount. And it's gonna have he's gonna have to go to a team that's gonna you know if it's a team that's maybe close to cup contention who needs that yeah. Yeah. number three, number four defenseman, almost like kind of like the Kings had you know when during their cup years where you where he almost would play sort of that depth defenseman role. The Willie in a strong with, with a with a strong with a strong room where he doesn't have to be sort of seen as one of the, the leaders I mean, I can give you two teams, but I can give you the, the main team I would say is Seattle. Because Seattle's on the verge of falling out of the playoffs. And, and I think that is the room is the room. Again, we're talking about personalities and a strong room. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think their room has anybody that's so strong that they wouldn't welcome him in. And I think Hackstall could definitely keep him, and he has history, and obviously Hack has, I believe, has history coaching him too. So yeah. Well, okay, I'll get, I'll give you, I'll give you one off the back, as I remember that there was a lot of connection between Provorov and this particular team because of who the general manager was, and that was Vegas because he played yeah. junior in Brandon, and yeah. that that was Kelly McCrimmon. That's um, a, yeah, 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 no, no. How they would fit that? That's a question because they've got a lot of yeah. The shed salary, you'd have to probably move off some, some certainly some salary, and that's any yeah. kind of a deal that Vegas is going to make at this point. They're going to have to move something out. Yeah, he's going to move off Zach Zach White Cloud or somebody right. like that who's got you know. But I, them, um, I don't know whether Toronto's room is strong enough for off and and obviously the off the you know, the 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 factors of why he left Philadelphia, you know that you know the whole situation with uh, uh, the week you know the, the 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 pride jerseys and things of that nature. I don't know whether that would you know the Leafs need defense, but I don't think they want to deal with that with that. Situation. You know, at this point, if the Leafs got him, he's not going to bother the locker room. He's really not. As a matter of fact, most of the time, Provorov keeps to himself. Like right. before the game, yeah, you know, he's not that guy. And he might be exact. And at the end of the day, maybe in Toronto, maybe playing in Toronto is exact. He may yeah. be exactly what the Leafs need. If you're looking for that additional defenseman, who, you know, if he plays within him, he plays within himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, works hard, trains and hard, plays within the system, works hard, and you know, and is a workhorse. That could be huge for the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so take a few questions before we end the show. Goalie FP is asking, "What are the Rangers looking to get at the deadline? A center um, and a and a and a depth defenseman, someone who can play the bottom pair to sort pretty of much say that for every team in the a lot of teams at the really deadline. Can. Everyone wants their centers. Yeah, but not, wants their defensemen. 
but now, but now with now with Heedle out, and you'd have to assume that if he has a reoccurrence, that he's probably yeah. out for the year. Um, yeah. They just sent Benino down to the minors, so yeah, Benino, I didn't like the signing. I told you that. I thought right. he was past it, and that's that's their way of saying he's past it. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, so they're they're looking for a center. I I would think. Yeah, um, they, they probably like both, but the center is most important. Um, would Edmonton look at Provorov? They might. Yeah, yeah. they might. He's available. They need, you know, they could use another. I think they could certainly use another defenseman. I mean, I don't think they're worried about by them signing. I would say them signing Corey Perry tells me they're not worried too much about baggage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll pair these two questions together here because. Uh, Whoop Donkey twenty four seven is asking. Yeah, we've got an update here. I love that. I love that name. What? 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 what, what? So an update from Vince Mercogliano. Yep. So his tweet says the fears about Heedle have been realized. Heard from a source, it's a setback to, directly related to his previous head injury. There's obviously oh. a hockey side to it, but concerns about Heedle's well being are at the forefront, so I don't think we're seeing him this year. Yeah, this is this, yeah, this is like he's a young player. He's got concussion issues. Don't rush him back. Let him right. sit out the rest of the year, and hopefully with time it, it resets. But um, but anyway, the the question was any Red, Red Wings rumors, and then – I don't um, have a rumor. I was talking to Mike. And I, well, I mean, but Randy says, who's the biggest player to go at the deadline? I'm still convinced – that the Red Wings are not a playoff team, and if the biggest name that could go at the deadline is Patrick Kane, because I think Patrick Kane will not stay in Detroit if if they're out of the playoffs, and that they can move him, and that they can get something for him for that one year investment. So I think Patrick Kane's the biggest name. But go ahead, Russ. Well, I I do think they're going to be forced into getting somebody. Now maybe they will make a hockey trade for Kane and get somebody with term, but I think Eiserman is going to be forced to do something because. They're close enough that he can't just simply ignore it and say, we're not ready or go that route. The fans are not going to handle that very well. So I think they're going to have to do something. Yeah, the question is what, though? Where? I mean, is it goalie? I mean, their defense isn't isn't overly deep. You get past the top three and it's not great. No, and... But and they don't they don't want to rush Edvinson and No, and that's the other thing, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, they could use the defenseman. I mean, I mean, any team that has Justin Hall on the blue line needs a defenseman. You know, they, uh, you know, um, Gostaspear. I believe he was a one-year deal. So yeah, I mean, he'll be there. They're not going to move him, but right. But I do think you know, seeing them yesterday, they need a little more defense. There's no question about it. And and they still have some young guys in the top area like Cider, who's still you know going through some ups and downs. So if they could get a veteran, good veteran defenseman, it would help them. Like lost when they lost Heronic, they lost something. Like that was, you know, that was a big deal. Yeah, and the way he's played with Quinn Hughes just shows that he's he's a pretty good defenseman. Um, well, Kevin pointed that out, yeah. you know, a long time ago and made me relook at him, and he was right. Um, question here for Russ: I see a lot of people talking about Iserman's stock plummeting. Would would love to know your thoughts. Yeah. So. As it turns out, there's going to be a, a draft meeting at um, EP Ringside that I'll be a part of, and I'm working on my new list. And he is dropping on my list. Not terribly, though. Um, I think the reason is his play away from the puck. I did watch him in an All-Star game recently, the All-American Prospects game. 
and I didn't see any egregious things away from the puck. Now I'm seeing things that, like if you're comparing him to Wallstrom, the difference is Wallstrom never got to the net. Iserman gets to the net. He knows how to do it. He can do it from a lot of different areas. He can play first line or fourth line. So the guy's versatility on offense, I think, outweighs whatever worry you have about his play away from the puck. So he's going to drop to some degree, but this guy can score. And at the end of the day, he's going to score at the NHL level. Now, Wallstrom had that tremendous shot, but he also had those other things to work on, too. He's got more speed than Wallstrom as well. Go ahead, Ed. So you believe he's got – is there a threat for him to be falling out of the top ten? There's a threat for that to happen, yes. That's what I thought. It's not happening on my list, but it's a definite threat to happen. But others it may be in. Yep. Yes. Now, Randy mentions this, and Russ, I know you mentioned something about Lindholm when we were talking. Um, And this is the thing. Um, What was the stat? One goal in the last – Yeah, I'm going to get the writer's name because he did the hard work on it. Hold on. But here, but here's the thing, and and you know Calgary. Remember, all the talk about trading people happened in November when they traded Zadorov. But it was too early in the year, even though they had slumped out of the gate. I think they had lost six of the last seven yeah, to here, trade. Here's that. Go so ahead. Darren Haynes tweeted after scoring 42 goals two seasons ago. Elias Lindholm has zero goals in his last 15 games, one goal in his last 24. He's mm-hmm. on pace to finish with only 14. His last even strength goal was December 2nd. Not sure how much this is hurting his trade value, but it sure can't be helping it. Yeah. And yeah, this is it helps it helps when you have Matthew now. He's got the hangover. Yeah, it helps when you have Matthew Kachuk and Goudreau on your wing. So that, right. you know. so he has he doesn't have those guys anymore, and he knows he's gonna get traded. He didn't sign with the team. They offered whatever they offered to him. This really needed to be dealt with in the summer. Right. And it wasn't. And so now it's really carried over into something where they're going to get value, but nothing close to what they could have gotten a year ago. But Anthony, this is this is a situation. I mean, okay, I understand uh, Conroy's dilemma of not trading these guys in November and waiting yeah. maybe to, to create a market at the deadline. But you risk either injury or you risk a guy having a bad year like Lindholm's having right now. Now there are still teams out there that are looking for centers, and but what they're going to get back for Lindholm from a Boston or a Rangers or a Colorado is going to be significantly less than they would have gotten in without November. An, without, with, with, exactly, and without an, without an, without an appreciable uptick in production, it's gonna, yeah. you, that's what, that's what they're going to be facing. I mean, yeah, they're, you're almost if you're one of those other teams, if you're one of those other teams, you're almost if you're Calgary, you're hoping that you get a little bit more out. But again, things seem the way they are in Calgary. It's not good. And it's kind of like everybody is waiting. It feels like everybody's at the airport waiting for their flight. Yeah, they kept they kept their powder dry, and normally that's the way the the way to go and hope uh, that you get that's more. Risk. That's, that's a risk. I mean, it's not. It's it's. I, I think it it was prudent. It just kind of, for lack of a better word, keeping the powder dry blew up in their face. Right, and you know Chris Tanev right now, and nobody really depends on. Tanev to be an offensive producer you know he's a he's a defensive defenseman he's 33 years old I'm just looking at his numbers right now yeah he's got nine points in 45 games you're not getting a first round pick you're not getting you're not even you're not getting him for that reason either you're you know you're a team like Edmonton or Toronto's looking at him to add him as strong depth 
for your team going in, you right. know, for a potential run. Although but, in Toronto's case, it all depends on the way Toronto's viewing things. So, well, I, okay, and, and this is, <laughs> and, I, and I base this on what I've been, what I've heard, um, and what I've been told. Um, Tanev is going to end up in Toronto. I would say, like, if you use X rumor chart, I would say it's 50-50 that he ends up in Toronto. He could go some other place if somebody offers him long-term, like somebody offered Gabrantz in a four-year deal with four million bucks. I mean, that, that's always a possibility. But I have heard stuff about him going to Toronto that makes a, makes a lot of sense. Now, based on, you know, he's a defensive defenseman. He's a right-hand shot, though. He's going to get probably three and a half to $4 million. He's going to, even though he's 33 years old, he's going to get at least two years, maybe three years, maybe four years. So, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the, the way the market works in terms of unrestricted free agency. Well, I'm going to tell you this though, the, um, the right-handed shots, um, there was a factory of them in the uh, top prospects game. There was only one lefty in the whole game, one lefty defenseman for two teams, in the entire game. So is it oh my God. Oh, I was going to say, we're going to have a flip now where the left shot is going to be preferred to the right shot. I don't know, but it was crazy. It's well, crazy. All, I know, all I know is that there was a run of right wingers for years, and now all of a sudden there are so many left wingers, it's ridiculous. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. But All right. Um, good show, guys. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. Uh, make sure you tune in to Off the Post on Sunday. Um, we haven't confirmed our guest yet, but we believe it'll be Dennis Gorman. But, oh, I confirmed uh, it. I said it. Oh, you confirmed it? Okay, so it's going to be Dennis it's Gorman. Russ, there you go. Russ's, Russ's sources confirm. Yes. We're also going to talk about um, It's a Patrick C5. Watt. It's a C5. He's going to talk about Patrick Watt, too, because he does cover both. So Okay. There you go. All right. Uh, remember, without the buzz. 10 a.m. Oh, Eastern sorry. time, by the way. 10 a.m. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So for Anthony Mangione, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.